From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel, Kim Cunningham, meteorologist and social media manager at Agora Pulse, Jen Watson, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator, Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn Storm Spotter and Chaser, Phil Johnson. Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. If you happen to be checking us out uh, for the first time tonight, wow, uh, thanks for yeah, coming. Wh- we picked a good where one. Where have you been? Yeah, really? Exactly. Uh, uh, we've got, uh, if the, my point is this, you threw me off a little, Maz. You got to go to uh, stormfrontfreaks.com. Check it out because you'll find out all the other previous shows that we've had with famous guests from the weather industry. Uh, like we've had the Weather Channel's Jen Carfagno and Puerto Rico's Autumn Monzone uh, have both been with us. You can check those out. But tonight, this is episode 83. And uh, we have the joy that we hit the trifecta tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We, we have a trio of former Weather Channel meteorologists who have created their own unique weather consulting company. Uh, Crystal Egger, Catherine Prosiv, and Maria LaRosa are uh, all three with us tonight. So welcome, ladies. We'll also, uh, we also get to play, of course, our version of the newlywed game uh, when we're going to be going through our lightning round. So this ought to be fun. Uh, and of course, the show would not be complete without the infamous hashtag weather fools segment. So uh, we got a big show tonight, but before we get to all that, we got to find out uh, who from our co-hosts happen to be here tonight. It's always happy hour uh, when we record, so we ask you to go ahead and step up to the bar. And if you want, if you're listening to us on your podcast app, what a great time right now to slow it down to half speed and, and listen to, to what everybody's drinking. So Maz, Maz, I'm starting it off with you. What, what are you drinking tonight? So ladies first, basically, right? Yes, exactly. True. Seriously, there's only two of us tonight, buddy. We, we gotta... I know. I'm like Whoa. you, lucky okay. devils. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so uh, I was at Jungle Gems, and my wife and I were like kind of a tasting night, and I grabbed uh, a dark one, a dark one, and she she said, "Find me something light and kind of fruity," and I'm like, "Okay." So I talked to the guy, and he goes, "You want the Fatheads Bumbleberry?" And I'll tell you. This oh. is oh, the best. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is like perfect for summer. It's light. It's really, really good. good you, so, Mass. yeah, oh, yeah. Something else. Yeah. <laughs> I listen to my wife. I know it's what's good. going on. It's good. Well, uh, hey, Jen, uh, what, what do you got tonight? What, are you. Oh, I know. So, I'm the LaCroix girl, and yeah. as sad as this yeah. sounds. So, being a mom, I just got my daughter down, and I'm exhausted, and I still have cleaning to do. So, I'm water. Because if I drink, I'm going to bed. So I'm hardcore, <laughs> hardcore Dasani right now. It could be vodka, straight vodka. Crazy. <laughs> crazy. Do, do we need right, a Dina. Do we need a whisper? I'm Jane? going to Dina. Dina, what are you drinking? All right. Well, I decided not to do my typical shots before the show. <laughs> oh, back to work. So I'm just drinking my raspberry ice. Nice. I'm, I'm going to be like Catherine, take a little power nap and go back to work. Wow. Show like tonight and you're not bringing out the hard stuff. I know. Well, you know, I figured I actually have to drive to work. So. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We always tell our guests uh, we don't really have a green room because we do this all over the Internet. But if we did, it would be fully stocked. 
So I'm I'm gonna jump over to Crystal and see if you happen to reach into the fridge and grab anything. Yeah, I was told I needed a an interesting drink, and I no longer wake up at two in the morning. So I I went ahead with the beer. So in my <laughs> cup is an ice cold beer. It's only six o'clock here in sunny San Diego. But the best part is um, I asked my husband, I'm like, do we have anything to drink? And he's like, yeah, I just bought a 12 pack. It's in the garage. I'm like, okay, well, what is it? And it's called Tijuana Mexican Lager. So oh, right nice. by the border. And <laughs> that's what I'm getting tonight. It kind of tastes like a Dos Equis. So there you go. Yeah, try that. Cheers. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll just we'll, we'll move down the row here, Catherine. See if you reached in and grabbed anything. Miss, yes. I need to get up at two in the morning. That's all right. I'll live. So I it's red wine, but it's a special red wine. It's called the Weatherman's wine. Oh, oh wow. and you're drinking and... it straight out of the bottle. Oh yeah, I was gonna say it's right here. It's real easy. Um, but my coworker Don Sinikis makes his own wine oh over goodness. in Jersey, wow. and he gave me this bottle on Monday. Nice, nice. Wait, he made it on Monday? <laughs> he, yeah, yeah, he might have. I'm not sure, but uh, I got it in my hands. Lucky nice. on Monday. Nice. Cool. cool. All right, gun. Maria. Maria. All last right. but not least, we saved the best for last. So what, uh, what are you yeah, going to share I with us? I hope so. I hope so. Um, I have a beautiful Ooh. Cabernet Sauvignon. Ooh. That's a heavy um, pour. It is a heavy <laughs> pour. Okay. <laughs> I don't have. I have the three boys, but they'll sleep in tomorrow. They're on summer break. But it's um. It's a beautiful California 2017 drawbridge. And I bring that up because it has also a nice 13.9% alcohol content. Oh, <laughs> I'll feel nice and sleepy after this. But um, just a side note that Catherine Prosev has allowed me this whole new world of appreciation for wine. So I, I toast her this evening with this beautiful Cabernet Sauvignon. Cheers. Oh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I gave you that bottle of wine. Oh, you did indeed. Yes, she's like can, Catherine's like a wine that. dealer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's. That's let's, not let's fair. Mine's on. only five percent. Chop chop. Chop chop. We're keep moving forward. Let's let's give let's give these ladies a good introduction. So, Dina, I'm going to turn over to you because our what are you drinking is probably not the best way to do that. All right. Tonight, I'm excited. To welcome Crystal Egger, Catherine Prosev, and Maria LaRosa of Monarch Weather Consulting. They're part of the leadership team. Now, Crystal Egger is an enemy, <laughs> Emmy Award-winning <laughs> meteorologist. She's anchored, interviewed, and reported on major national weather events through the Weather Channel, NBC, and NBC Los Angeles, and NBC News. Catherine Prosev is a certified consulting meteorologist and producer for NBC News in New York, where she works closely with Al Roker. Prior to working to NBC News, Catherine spent five years as a meteorologist and weather producer at the Weather Channel. And Maria La Rosa is a meteorologist and broadcaster. She has forecast and reported on the weather for WTVM in Columbus, Georgia, Fox 19 in Cincinnati, and WYKYW in Philly, the Weather Channel, and NBC News. Is that water getting to you, Dina? <laughs> so I so I've got a question. I'll, I'll actually start off with a serious question. Um, what, so Monarch Weather Consulting. My question is, Monarch, what what does that have to do with weather consulting? Where did that name come from, first and foremost? Thanks well, for asking. That. <laughs> well, either one of you guys can answer. I mean, it's a hat tip to the butterfly effect, but. 
why don't one of you take it from there? Because you, we were all consulting on the name, and I, one of you put that out there. Yeah, I think it was Catherine who first put that out there, but we had our first brainstorm, and I think I might have put out there rain, like uh, to sound like precipitation rain, but also raining like queens. Yes. <laughs> and I thought that might be interesting. And then we were like, oh, well, the spelling might be weird for people. And we that didn't quite fit. And then um, I think it might have been Catherine that you put that monarch out there. It had that that queen, you know, female leadership vibe, but also the butterfly, which was so perfect. So what sparked for, like, for you guys, like who came up with the idea and what made you realize, you know, we could start this company and there's a need for this company. It actually, you know, What's that? Again? I was saying I'm throwing that one to Crystal. She gets oh, the yeah. credit there. Okay. So before Monarch, I'll just go back quickly. Um, I had left NBC Los Angeles because I, I really wanted a lifestyle change and, you know, no more 2 a.m. wake-up calls for a while. I don't know what the future Amen. will hold. <laughs> I had done that for about 15 years and have two little daughters. And I just thought, um, I want to go to San Diego where my family is and build my life from there. So I came here having no idea what was next. It was terrifying. And ironically, somebody called me who is the director of risk management for a Fortune 500 technology firm and wow. said, he found me online and you know that was, the, I think he emailed me initially and wanted to set up a phone call and was looking for an advisor or a consultant to help him um, to protect his businesses around the world in over 50 countries, okay? And I'm thinking, wow, this is a huge endeavor. You know, I, I'm really comfortable forecasting around the country, but worldwide, that's a lot to take yeah, on. Yeah, it's a little scary. Yeah. It's very scary. And here he is, this big shot, you know, director of worldwide risk management. So I thought I never considered consulting, but I knew that I wanted to keep my passion of meteorology going and I'm not one to say no. So um, I went and met at his offices in Irvine and I said, you know, why don't we get started with me covering the US and maybe Southeast Asia because they're more vulnerable to weather disasters. And that's how we started. And then um, he wanted me to expand my scope. And I said, I need to call up somebody that is going to be amazing at this. And that was Catherine, who popped in my mind initially. Aww. Maria was still deep into the Weather Channel. And I thought, let me get um, Catherine involved and see if she could help out and take on even five to 10 hours a week. So we had a year contract with this huge company. And it, it was very successful. And we thought, wow, if, if we can do this, uh, there's so many other options in consulting. And then we, we brought Maria in and we came up with Monarch and here we are. So when you say protect their businesses, mm -hmm. you're not talking like a ginormous umbrella. Well, like how are, <laughs> how are you doing this? Wow. Well, they had never, um, they never had anybody come in. Whose dog is that, Maria? Mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, well, what happened with this particular company, they had lost their facility in Puerto Rico due to Hurricane Maria. And it was inoperable and a huge loss for them. So they decided if we could bring someone on that we could go to. It's like that personal connection I think businesses are missing 
when something catastrophic is happening. I mean, even with Barry, you can watch the newscasts, you can look at apps, you can go to the National Weather Service, the Hurricane you know, Center, but you want somebody to tell you, this is what it means for your location. So Catherine and I were doing a lot of global weather watching every single morning. And we realized with the number of locations they had, hundreds of locations around the world, and they were concerned about employees, their facilities, shipping lanes. We need a better platform, like a software to help us tackle this. This is, this is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And that's where we eventually, we did our investigating and came up with our partnership with Disaster Aware Enterprise. So uh, any of you ladies, how long, I mean, how long has it been since you actually launched Monarch? And like, how many clients do you have? You want to jump in, Catherine? Yeah, I know. It's like, I don't want to, you know, like jump on someone because we've got a lot of I know. Uh, well, let's see. Crystal and I started working together over a year ago at this point. Even lost track oh, of wow, time. a year already. Wow. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And then we brought on Maria. I I want to say by the fall, and so it's been almost a year. If you want to take us, you mm -hmm. know, about September. So we probably I don't know launched publicly, Monarch itself. I think March or April. Yeah. So we've kind of been working together, you know, in the background, and I know. We had a mantra for a while, you know, like make more moves and less announcements, you know, and <laughs> so we're kind of like rocking it out in the background, doing our thing. And then we finally went public in the spring. So we had the global client and that's who we had first for the one year contract. Uh, we now have another client, a farmer. So we've got a contract right. with him. Uh, and then we've done some other kind of side, you know, one off event planning, consulting for forecasts, uh, either for a production company uh, and even ESPN at one point. So we're kind of, wow. yeah, picking and choosing and cherry picking. <laughs> and we've cast a wide net on purpose to get as much experience and, and get into as many sectors as we can. That's so awesome. Maria, I got a question, Maria, mm -hmm. for you. So tell yes. us, let's just get to the basics because there's probably many people listening going, what, what is weather consult? I mean, what is weather consulting? <laughs> And who who are the people that are going to benefit from your services? Well, personally, I think if you tell me an industry, I'll tell you how they need weather and weather information. Um, it is that wide ranging. And I think now more than ever, businesses specifically are realizing very quickly and sometimes painfully that when they're not armed with the right information at the right time, it costs them money and uh, bottom line and it's money. Uh, for their facilities or products, but also their people. Um, so you don't have to look far or think hard to see who could benefit from a good weather consultant. So that's how we're kind of looking at it right now. And, you know, we brought up the farmer uh, example as well. And you, that seems like a no brainer, but there are other businesses and sectors that maybe you don't think of as needing pertinent weather information to make very important decisions for their businesses. I'm married to an engineer and he's constantly asking me for these random weather tidbits. And I'm always like, that's it. You guys need a weather consultant as well. <laughs> so I mean, it so, could, it's wide ranging. Okay. So, so you're giving them weather information. Why, mm -hmm. why can't I get that from my 
Weather Channel meteorologist. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to? Because there's pay no one there anymore. He is still there. I think that goes back to the personalized, um, the personal connection, because a lot of clients that we've talked to, you know, they don't want a subscription service. They don't want to go to an app if they're watching the Weather Channel, for example. Uh, which is extremely valuable, but they're not necessarily knowing what that means for their location in Doral, Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting an overview and they're seeing the, the track of the storm, but all they care about at that moment is making last minute decisions for their facility. So they need somebody on hand to, to file the report and say, this is what you need to know. This is the timing. These are the impacts for that particular facility. Uh, and then also, with our global technology client, they wanted to, they were expanding rapidly. So we were providing a lot of research about vulnerable areas and where, you know, risks are higher due to weather and natural disasters. So I think that that was another integral role that Catherine and I had. So is it is it also like ancillary, like, you know, fire index on the high side and you guys should really watch it? Cause I'm thinking California power could have used you guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah back yeah. a while ago. I mean, so what's the extremes that you guys deal in weather-wise when you're making a forecast for these companies? Well, I can speak to the of the uh, the client we had in technology was mostly weather that's going to cause damage or, you know, um, supply chain disruption, any kind of disruption to the service they needed to know. So we were looking at which it was very challenging because we're watching Eastern China and India and Europe and trying to figure out where the most damaging weather is and keep them ahead of that, right? Uh, with our farmer, for example, it, we're, we're protecting crops. So it's very different, you know, and we're filing daily reports and extended reports. So they have the best growing degree information and whatnot. I don't know if you want to chime in on that, Catherine, too, because you were heavily involved with the global side of things. Yeah, I would say, especially with the global client, there was a bit of a learning curve for us, especially Mm -hmm. coming from, you know, we all have this media background and then working for a national weather network. Here we were used to talking about every single weather story, whether it was going to be damaging or not, we were talking about it. And we kept having to catch ourselves because our global client, they only wanted to know, is it, they kept using that word catastrophic with us. That's all they cared about. Is mm-hmm. this going to do damage or not? If not, I don't care. So we were, not, we were we were like, you know, in the background, we knew about these epic and record setting heat waves. And it was like, we're literally emailing back and forth like they won't care. You know, so it's like <laughs> just a typhoon, just a hurricane. Um, so here I am. I wanted to tell them, you know, all the things, but they only wanted to know the big they stuff. They don't want to get bogged down, huh? Yep, exactly. They're going to melt. It's hot out. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, they were like, nope, nope, it's not gonna. That's not gonna, you know, destroy our facility. Next. Yeah, so, and it took Hurricane Maria for them to realize we need some guidance here. We just we lost everything with Maria. So, Catherine, I've got a question for you. Um, you just recently got your CCM. So, mm-hmm. can you tell everyone what is that? How it helps you guys, and when should meteorologists consider getting one? Should we yeah. get one? Yeah, I think it's great for almost every meteorologist to get it if they want. It kind of puts you in this upper echelon of meteorologists around the world. 
Uh, right now, there's only 250 active across the globe, and a very, very small percentage are actually women. So I can't take credit for the idea that has to go to Crystal for kind of putting it in my head. Uh, and it was actually about a year ago that she brought it up. I was on vacation uh, at the beach and we were having like a phone call, you know, and I've got my feet in the sand. And I think I had found this women in leadership like course that I thought we should do. And we're just trying to figure out how can we make ourselves better? How can we make ourselves marketable, right? You always want to do that anyway. And she goes, you know, I saw this thing. It's called the Certified <laughs> Consulting Meteorologist. It's the AMS. Like, maybe you'd be interested. And I'm like, sure. And then I look it up, and I'm like, this is really hard. Like, I don't. Is there a lot of math, Catherine? Is there more yes. math? Oh, yes. there's more math. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's more math. We thought we'd never have to do math again. I don't ever mm -hmm. want to do differential equations again. <laughs> there's more yeah, everything. Oh. It was like all the things. So I decide. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. And I started kind of collecting. I call them my army of CCMs who I just found and I'm asking them for advice. And I just kind of started going through it. The problem was like the same week that I started the process, I found out about my job up in New York and I accepted <laughs> that job. So kind of all at the same time, I was moving and trying to do this exam and it all had to be finished by January because I told myself I was, I was going to get it done January. So I did it in six months and Crystal and Maria came with me to Phoenix at the AMS oh. to defend my oral exam. You know, I was going to go alone because I had to. And Crystal and Maria, they were like, no, you're not. <laughs> so so they, uh, they came along to support and I, I did the oral exam and all I'll say you know, it's a rigorous process, but it is for a reason, you know, because they don't want just everyone to get it. Right. So, but highly recommend it because now myself and Monarch, we have this incredible network of CCM meteorologists. They all have specialties, they all have expertise, and we can draw from that to help us. So Maria, it's not just like three of you doing the whole world because then you could never take <laughs> vacations ever, right? <laughs> Right. That would be bad. That would be bad. <laughs> so how, many, how many are there? Is it just the three of you or are you using extended people or what? Yeah. So I can speak to that quickly. I mean, we do have our partnership with this um, software that I've been talking about, an international platform, a weather forecasting platform called Disaster Aware Enterprise. And what we love about them and we had Catherine and I did so much research and we're on a lot of phone calls trying to figure out like what are we going to use as a tool to best forecast for our clients you know and to keep them ahead of damaging weather or whatever it may be and it was hard to find a platform that was international first of all you know um, there's plenty of options domestically but we found this DAE source that is now available to the private sector. So what that means is if we have a client with hundreds of locations, we can incorporate their location data into this system for SMS alerts. And Catherine has a background in GIS mapping. So sh she was really involved and we talked to the software engineers there with Disaster Aware and being able to incorporate that data and get notified if something's happening in Eastern China or there's a tsunami alert for one of our clients' locations. I mean, that's what we really needed. And we were able to find that. So 
that's a system that helps us tremendously. So we're not on the clock 24 seven, but we've also outsourced to a great uh, meteorologist that we know her name's Ashley and she has helped. She's uh, fluent in this program called Python and she's helping us to create these automated reports um, to get all of the parameters and weather data we need for our client's farm specifically. So that way we're not sitting there every morning and trying to determine every little detail to the forecast. It's there and we're perfecting it until he's extremely happy. And, you know, we're there with the accuracy now. And it's so exciting how we've like, you know, massaged this over the last few months. So we're outsourcing to her and she works for herself. And yeah, it's just, we feel like we have a, a network of people that we can tap into. So there's nothing we can't figure out. Hey, so so what's the weather app you go to in the morning if you're trying to decide, am I bringing an umbrella to work today? Am I wearing long sleeves? I'll tell you, if it's not the Atmosphere weather app, you're definitely <laughs> missing something. It shows the entire daily forecast okay. each hour on one screen around a 24-hour clock with the weather radar right in the center. It's amazing with all the information you can get simply on one screen and now it comes with a cool little widget for your home screen uh, and you know most people are like what's a widget well if on your phone on your on your home screen you see each of your apps kind of has a little message well this has got a cool little widget shows you the next 24 hours um, you can even try to search the baseball team uh, your favorite baseball team as a city and it'll pull up uh, the weather forecast each day for that baseball game and you can actually purchase tickets to the ball game right from the app so you got to give it a spin search atmosphere weather in your ios or android app store or you can visit atmosphereweather.com uh, to be able to learn more so we're going to go ahead we're going to take a quick break go ahead and refill your drink and check out our exclusive tracker chat with the tornado trackers as they cover part two about the best practices during the best chase days we'll be right back Welcome to Tracker Chat, the podcast inside of a podcast. We are the Tornado Trackers. My name is Jeremy Heyman, and I'm joined by my chasing partners, Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. Uh, today, we're talking about uh, one of our best chase days and uh, the skills it took to make it one of the best chase days. And uh, Gabe Cox is going to tell us about one of his best chase days and, and why it was the way it was. So, Gabe, uh, what was your what was your best chase day? Yeah, so my best chase day was Hurricane Michael, uh, which was just recently upgraded to a Category 5 after some post-storm analysis from the National Hurricane Center. As a kid, growing up loving weather, Category 5 obviously was like the ultimate experience. Like that someday I want to be in a Category 5. Uh, never honestly thought it would happen. And then here comes Hurricane Michael, a tragic, tragic storm. And still is. I mean, there's people still living in tents. But when, I, when we're talking about best chase day, um, obviously we're talking about the, the storm and, and um, the chase and what it took to get us there. And obviously experiencing a Category 5, that's, that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. There are some, some big uh, practices that we put in place for Hurricane Michael. The first was, you know, as I'm packing for the storm, it's only forecast to be a Category 1 or 2 at the time. 
And I always love to overpack, especially when it comes to safety equipment and food provisions. Um, so it was no exception for Hurricane Michael. And it really, in hindsight, paid off uh, in a big way. So I had goggles and a helmet, packed extra water, extra gas, lots of food, and then went out a few days early and um, found several places where we could where we could set up. Um, and as it turned out, just as the outer bands were coming on shore, the owner of the parking garage found that it was a good time to, to mention to us that we couldn't film from that location. Uh, we were told we were welcome to stay and ride out the hurricane there, but we could not pull out our cameras and film. So as the first feeder bands are coming on, we're scrambling to find a new space. And luckily we had pulled up several locations already on a map where there were parking garages. So it was just a matter of us going to our plan B and C and figuring out what would work. And then, you know, as, as we're there, the forecast just becomes more and more ominous. That, that took us by surprise. Cause then at that point it was, it was, Oh, this could be a category four. That's crazy. And, you know, that's when we started to second guess the, the structural integrity of the parking garage we were in and how close we were to the ocean. We were less than a block away from the ocean. And so we're thinking, worst case scenario for storm surge, uh, how high do we need to be? And we had four levels available to us on that parking garage. And so we had, we re- reached a point where we had to make a decision before the worst of the eye hit. And uh, we decided to stay put. We knew that the eye was going to miss us. Uh, at that point, uh, it wasn't going to be a direct hit. We weren't going to get into the calm. But while we were looking at locations further to the east, we just we knew that there wasn't anything safe because we had done the homework. We had looked at storm surge maps and we had scouted structures and we just didn't feel comfortable going out. So we stayed um, and it ended up being a, a really great location. Um, and then as far as safety gear, uh, and supplies, um, you know, I had my helmet on and I wondered, like, I kind of feel, felt a little goofy putting it on, like, is this overkill? And, and then at one point we had a huge gust come while we were in the eye wall and it buckled the parking garage we were in and a chunk of cement fell off of the ceiling of the parking garage and landed right next to us. And that's when I felt validated wearing that helmet, um, and then we had stuff blowing through the parking garage. We had roofing. I had to run and dodge behind a wall. Um, so it's definitely a good idea to overpack for those situations. And, you know, a hurricane is way different than a, a tornado. A hurricane is a long-term chase. It's, it's grinding and it goes on forever. So you want to you wanna make sure you have all the supplies you need. Gabe, along with that, one of the conversations you and I kept having was um, – Will we be able to get back home anytime soon or will we be stuck there? Me going back 10 hours to Texas, you going, I don't know how, how many hours um, to the other side of Florida. And so trying to think through um, the scenario of when can we get back home? Yeah. Um, how much goes into play about where we decided to, to kind of find our location for filming? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, the location played out for you, Jeff, ideally, because we were on the western fringes of the worst damage. So Jeff had to, to drive back west to Texas after the storm, and it was pretty much a, a wide open path for him to get out. Uh, I, on the other hand, had to drive east, and so I had to cross the worst uh, hit places, um, specifically I-10, which uh, I was unaware that it was closed the following day, and I got on and quickly was at a standstill. I mean, it was Gosh, uh, a 20 to 30 mile wide area where there was just 
trees all over the road. And so that's when it, it, it was important for me to have packed gas and food and water. There was nowhere to pull off. Um, I, was, I sat still for hours on, on that uh, highway. So it wasn't just nice to have food and water. It was necessary for me to have water that day. Um, and then the gas, I had, to, I had to fill up on my own, parked on um, I-10 while they worked to, to remove all the trees that were down. It was just a, a good reminder. It's better to have too much than to not have enough. Awesome. Thanks for that, Gabe. Uh, thanks for sharing about your best chase day, Hurricane Michael, and, and what skills you put into practice. This has been Tracker Chat. We have been the Tornado Trackers. I am Jeremy Heeman, and I've been joined by my chasing partners, Jeff Mangum and Gabe Cox. Thanks to the Stormfront Freaks guys for uh, sharing their airways with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, this has been Tracker Chat. We'll see you next time. Helicity.co is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freaks podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 10% discount on your entire order when you use the code SFF for Stormfront Freaks at checkout. That code again is SFF. Find it all at Helicity.co. Hey everybody, welcome back. So we've got the leadership team of Monarch Weather Consulting here tonight. Crystal Egger, Catherine Prosiv, and Maria LaRosin. I'm, I'm going to turn it first really to Crystal because it sounded like this all started with you. Um, my question to you is this, is it's, it's usually not an easy decision and can be a scary decision to go, I'm going to leave that guaranteed paycheck and uh, you know what, I, you mentioned earlier how you kind of wanted a, a life change, uh, but it can be scary making that life change. So I guess what, what were you most scared about when you said, let's do this? Oh, the paycheck. Benefits, 401k, yeah, all of that. But I have an amazingly supportive husband and he said, um, we'll figure it out, you know. So I, I really wanted that lifestyle change that I mentioned and what was best for my family and my girls at the time. But I really didn't have anything lined up, which was so scary. And everyone kept saying, you can go back to, you know, TV news at some point. And I'm, I'm not saying that's out of the question, but luckily someone had contacted me and I just feel like it was the universe working to say, there's this consulting opportunity and, um, and no, just having this network of amazing meteorologists, I feel like anything's possible. Once we started collaborating and talking and pitching ideas, like here we are. So, yeah. So Maria, how are, yeah. how are you able to, cause it can't be easy to be balancing the fact that, okay, now I've got a, a business now on this side of the equation, <laughs> but I still have career and projects kind of going on over here. So how mm -hmm. are you finding a good way to manage that? Um, I, you know, I think like Crystal said earlier, we're just kind of figuring it out. I, I actually it was about two years ago now, Crystal, if you can believe it, we were at a friend's wedding and the ideas in my head about my future and what I wanted for myself and my family also very scary because it involved perhaps 
leaving the Weather Channel, leaving Georgia, leaving the business. I really didn't know, but I knew I needed to change something. And uh, we were talking at the wedding. And how could you not mm -hmm. just fall in love with everything around Crystal? Because it, mm -hmm. it just, she was supportive then. And I had no idea what I was going to do. So as far as where I am now, it's uh, it's just figuring it out and and following the heart and the brain connection and and trusting that what you're doing is is good and right for so everybody. Call it a side hustle right now. <laughs> <laughs> is there a size of business that you're like mm, that's too small? Because you know, when, before the Weather Channel, when you guys are just on, on television, you would get people calling your Weather Center, Storm Center, whatever you guys called your station. We'd get guys that were like uh, pouring driveway cement. And they'd be like, okay, I saw there's a 30% chance of rain. Mark, what's really going to happen? Should I send the crew home? You know, and unfortunately we had a payola plugola clause. So I couldn't get a free driveway. But besides <laughs> that, um, you know, they wanted to know, is, is that too small for y'all? Or what's what's the, the range of people that you'll take as clients? Catherine, I'll let you answer that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're the uh, all-inclusive consulting company right now so kind of no yeah. one's too small uh, you want to take over the world don't you <laughs> yeah actually we at this point we i feel like we've got about 100 hashtags that just you know come out in the group text all the time and taking on the world is one of them so <laughs> nailed it um yeah and we do you know pride ourselves in being that global company when we researched our competition a lot of them were domestic and that's fine you know to have that focus but because we got used to that global forecasting with that first client that we had, and now that we have the disaster aware platform, um, you know, we'll do one off, you know, teeny tiny clients, and then we'll do the world. Anything's on the table. <laughs> so I believe it. I have a follow up question mm -hmm. for that. And I guess, Catherine, since you were just talking about it, you can answer it. Um, with you guys forecasting internationally, are you up? in the wee hours of the morning when there's a significant event, do you have to be on conference calls? Do they expect you to be awake, you know, when it's like lunchtime or afternoon time at a certain, in a certain country? That is a really great question. And so the fact that right now we're kind of the uh, coast to coast company with Maria and I out on the East coast and Crystal out on the West coast. And then the fact that I do the early morning show hours, What's really funny is there's only like a two hour span where one of us is like not awake. <laughs> it's almost like we're always available simply because Perfect. like, yeah, the time zone works for us. And I remember I said that to one of our clients one time and they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was a concern, you know, and especially with breaking weather and honestly not breaking weather instead of like earthquakes and tsunamis, which we can't predict anyway. And so that's one of the big reasons why we got that platform to send SMS alerts. So if we're all sleeping and even if we were awake, we couldn't have predicted that, you know, 6.4 and then 7.1 earthquake in California last week. But the SMS. I was there. Out, yeah. Oh, I actually saw that you tweeted, right? You felt it in Vegas. I did. It was insane. Yeah. Crystal, oh, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't wine. live there. It <laughs> <laughs> was like, am I rolling? <laughs> no. Oh, I know but, when um, people ask about earthquakes, I always say, well, I don't know. You know, you guys have hurricanes and tornadoes and things that we don't worry about 
here in yeah. Southern California. That's so true. I don't know if it evens out. <laughs> I don't know. I'd tell you, I'd rather, I think I'd rather have a tornado or a hurricane because at least you get some warning on that. And mm -hmm. it just freaked me out. But I have a question and maybe you guys answered it and forgive me if you already answered this question, mm -hmm. but what's everybody's role? That's a good question. Do you guys have roles set up? Well, we named ourselves the leadership team right now because we are recruiting people that we need as we go. But, you know, the three of us are kind of taking the reins and like Maria's handling Instagram right now and Catherine's Ooh. tweeting. Like we all have to, we really have to dive into the, the marketing role because we are so new at rookie uh, entrepreneurs. So the, the whole marketing side is a huge <laughs> headache in itself, yeah. you know, website, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. It's like, oh my gosh. And I've been handling a lot of the client relations. So I don't know if that sums it up because we all have other stuff going on and we're trying to prioritize this as, like I said, our side hustle, but we're hoping <laughs> that someday we're taking on the world and um, this is a full-time <laughs> gig. <laughs> sure. So I've been out of this for just a little bit, but it, I mean, with so many meteorologists specializing, are we finding people that are also getting like marketing degrees so that mm -hmm. they can merge those together? Are you finding a lot of that in business as well? Or more of that now or anybody? Anybody. Well, <laughs> I, my, so my husband runs his own company. So he's been very helpful in like helping. I didn't even know how to start an S Corp in the beginning or, you know, is an LLC. What am I doing? You know, so we got, we got that going. And then he also builds websites, huge oh, blessing God. there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We've been cutting corners and saving money wherever we can. And I'm like, in, I mean, Maria is so creative and talented with visuals and photography. I'm like, you know what, can you handle Instagram for us? <laughs> yeah. We just know that it'll pay off in the long run. We're all kind of pitching in. In fact, our our client in agriculture is more like a pilot client. We're creating something for him that's going to work so we can go after more clients in agriculture, you know, but that's, we know that's how we have to get started and kind of pay our dues and invest our time. What was the question again? Yeah. <laughs> it just um, no, I, oh yeah, there... about marketing. So yeah. we hired somebody to help us with a business plan because I don't, that's kind of out of my league, but, um, I feel like we're all pretty savvy women in our, you know, career history already. We're, we're going to figure it out. Is there, is there a, a, a space that's still open? Like we need a meteorologist slash something else. Have you like run across that yet? Yeah. Are you looking Ooh. for work, Maz? <laughs> you me. Oh, I mean, Catherine, we always say we're hoping we can just like, bring on all of all of the people we know and like, Hey, we need this. We need that. Like when we get to that point, what, what do you think right. you guys? Plus it's all women, isn't it? At your place. Hashtag estrogen or something. I don't know. Hashtag boss babes. I can't say that to you. So. So, <laughs> I have one quick question, um, and maybe each of you can um, say one thing for entrepreneurs out there, or someone thinking of starting their business. What's the one thing that you've learned that is critical that you would give advice about? Ooh, I would say um, ups and downs. Just be ready for highs and lows and just keep going no matter what. Never give up and just keep going. Um, I'll just add, choose wisely, surround yourself with people that you're going to learn from and that lift you up. 
because you're going to need it because you're going to need it it's not easy 100 percent. i mean we we have each other on a thread when we're feeling discouraged about something these two just completely lift me up and it keeps us going and to Catherine's note like i always have felt that failure is only a failure if you give up so if you don't give up you're not failing you know just keep going so all right, so hey, I've got a final question. We've we've mentioned the fact that we have a bunch of ladies that have formerly worked at the Weather Channel TV side of things, and Care, we as careful, a podcast, Phil. yeah, we'll, we'll, I'm gonna wind this road easily. But so here's I'm just gonna speak. Here's the truth, right? So we've had in the past, you know, we've had Tom Nizzle, we've had Jim Cantori, Jen Carfagno, um as far as TV talent that are currently working at the Weather Channel TV side. And, um, and some of them uh, were or maybe not had been approved to come on the show. <laughs> but, but I'm going to say this, lately, like last year, year and a half, we now can't, we get, we get the Weather Channel TV talent will agree to come on the show, but then they find out they can't get approval to come on the show. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand why would the Weather Channel not want to promote their talent and get it? What, why are they so secluded? We got to keep them in here. And why know. is that? You guys don't work there anymore. So what the hell's going on with that? <laughs> and they, weren't they just bought by a guy who's like an entertainment dude, Byron Nelson or something? Byron like Allen, yeah. Byron, Byron Allen. Allen. And he's like an entertainment guy. So I don't, I don't get it. What, what's going on there? Hashtag unfriend. Right. <laughs> that's a loaded question bill that's a yeah, loaded exactly question. so come on let's unload just the weather channel i think that would go for a lot of different some networks we have i've i've talked okay. to i've talked to some um networks where they've agreed and then they've come back and said no but it's very few compared to Okay. Yeah, the weather so channel odd. and and lately with the weather channel it's consistent now i mean it's like i don't even bother asking anymore because yeah. i don't want to get anybody into trouble over right. there number one right uh, but mm -hmm. number two i'm just it's just not worth it it's not worth I, kind of. i can kind of speak a little bit to that because i i was caught in the middle of it i think it was over a year ago at this point i think you all had asked me to be on and yep. i i had to say no um and I do remember one of the reasons I was given the Weather Channel was just starting to get into the podcast mm -hmm. sphere of things. Mm -hmm. So the reason I was given was simply the competition. Like, we don't want you going on and, you know, being a part of the competition. And that's so silly. yeah, that's that was what I was given. Was there more to it? Probably um, that maybe I didn't know about. I, I do remember being bummed out, you know, that I couldn't join all of you. Yeah. Um, but certainly that was one of the that I was given so it's it's so funny because the digital side of the weather channel and we're owned by IBM not Byron Allen but it's so different like right. I just had this conversation with my high boss my New York boss and he was like oh my god we love that you do it keep yeah. doing it wow. we, we anything mm -hmm. you want you know it's such a different atmosphere I, I can't yeah. believe the weather channel the TV side I can't believe that their podcast is like some big oh god we got to protect this you know, that's not their sweet spot. No. I, I, and so it, it, to me, their sweet spot is TV. Get their talent out there and, and 
you know, on David Letterman, on on mm-hmm. on on Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, on you know, get them yeah. on these things to get yeah. them publicity. Right. So I, I don't get it. We need Walt Letterman, by the way. We need to get him on next week. I did try it somehow. I, yeah. But anyway, all right. Well, and, so, and we wait. We cross. We cross sell too, and we do like weather podcast month. Other yeah. weather podcasts. Yeah. We're yeah. All, well, hey, I'll, I'll share this though. It, it was brought up to the Weather Channel's podcast because they're like, "Oh, it's." I won't say who it is, but the Weather Channel podcast person yeah. on Twitter was like, "Oh, I didn't realize it's Weather Podcast Month." And I actually reached out and said, "Hey, you're welcome to join. It's just the only thing is you have to promote all of us, right? We're promoting yeah. each other." And he's like, mm-hmm. "Well, let me check with management," and then never heard from him. So, yeah. whatever. That's how whatever. it goes. But all right, so ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that is the sound. It is time for our lightning round. Uh, this is our game show of flashy questions for our guest uh, tonight. We're gonna have a little fun. We're bringing back a game we typically only play when we have more than two people on the show, which has probably happened three times. Uh, but tonight, tonight, as I teased, we're gonna play a little newlywed game. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, so, so we are doing the newlywed game with our three new partners in crime. And, and so we've, we've asked in advance, we've kind of asked them some questions about each other. And we're going to find out tonight how close they were in their answers and if they happen to maybe match each other or not. If you're familiar with the newlywed game, it's you, you get the new couple together and and you separate them and then you, you ask them the same questions. Like, you know, famous one is, you know, who makes the most noise during Whoopi or something like that, right? Please and, and, ask that tonight. And then they come, no, I didn't ask that. So, and then they bring them together, right? And then they ask the question and did they share the same name or did they give different names? So, so that's what we're doing. So I've got four questions, four questions that I'm gonna share. And uh, we started with the first question was, who is most likely to have attended a New Kids on the Block concert? Oh. Who is most like not that they did, but who's most likely to have attended a New Kids on the Block concert? So, Catherine, I spoke with you first. Who did you say of the three of you? Who did you think was most likely? Maria. Maria. I was gonna, I was why? Gonna why? Why did you say Maria? I've, I was trying to remember if we talked about the new kids on the block one time or like my first day of work at NBC, they were on the plaza. And I don't remember if she was the one who was excited about it. It was kind of fuzzy, but my gut said Maria. Maria okay. Well, so I've, I'm going to do this, uh, Crystal. I'm going to go to you because I asked you the same question of the three of you. Who do you think was most likely to have attended a new kids on the block concert? What did you say? I said Maria as well. And why? And why? Why did you say Maria? Uh, I wonder if you brought that up at the Weather Channel as well. But I don't know. She's a a fun, young-hearted Jersey girl, and I don't know. I just thought maybe That's it would be I Maria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which makes sense. So, so Maria, I'll just finish with you because I yeah. asked you the same question I'm, of the three of you. What did you say? I said Crystal. I said oh. I, mean, I, oh, I didn't own one 
t-shirt or poster <laughs> and I, and Catherine, I think I might get, might have gotten excited because I think Debbie Gibson was there with them on the okay. oh, I love Debbie Gibson oh I should have changed that question that's the problem okay all right well, well all I know it's is there's not a lot of working going on when you guys are working <laughs> oh you only knew okay all right so next question so here's the next question I asked each of you uh, I said, who was the one who probably got an A in Calculus 2? And uh, so, I'll, Maria, I'll go to you yeah. first. What, who did you think? Who did you Catherine, say? Catherine, of course. Catherine, <laughs> gets an okay. A in everything. <laughs> Catherine, Catherine. All right. So, and then, Crystal, what, I asked yeah. you that same question. Who did you think? Our brilliant CCM Catherine. That was <laughs> my guess. Catherine. All right. Well, but Maria, so I'm sure you did as well. <laughs> so Catherine, I I, it, first. yeah, one of you. So, yeah, I will say this. Maria did say all of us, and I said, no, that's cheating. You can't do that. <laughs> I made her say a name, but so Catherine, I'll finish with you. Of the three of you, who did you say probably most likely to get an A in Calc two? Woo! Woo! She's raising her hand for those of you yeah. that are not yeah. watching but listening to the show. Right. Audio here. Yeah. So we got a good match. We got a good match on that, Catherine. Good. All right. Question three. Um, I will start with uh, Crystal on this one. Most likely to die surrounded by their cats. Who is most of the three of you ladies? Who's the one that's going to grow old, be a, a spencer, and, and have 90 cats living in their home uh, when they're dead? Crystal, we can't say Jen. Think? We can't say Jen. Kidding. Oh yeah, Brady. I don't have any cats. Um, I don't believe Catherine does that I'm aware of. <laughs> yeah. And Maria is a huge hearted animal lover, so I went with Maria on that went with one. Maria. Okay. Uh, which makes sense. So I, and then mm -hmm. Catherine, I asked you the same question of the three of you, the one who's gonna die surrounded by all their cats. Who who did you think? <laughs> It Maria. sounds morbid, but Maria. it's kind of fun. You said Maria. Okay, so we got this. So Maria, I'll finish with you. Uh, yeah. Who did you think? Uh, I said myself. It sounds like a great way to go. I, I'm halfway there. I've got two cats. I'm halfway there. Very good. Very good. All right, and then the last question, uh, which is an all-important one for this group anyway. Who's, who's winning the drinking game? Uh, Maria, who, who did you think is going to win the drinking game? I, I said Catherine. Because she's that wine beer connoisseur. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's a nice way she's to put drinking. it. She's <laughs> drinking. Yeah. Okay, uh, Crystal, of the three of you, who's winning the drinking game? It was me for many, many years, I'm sure. But I, I said Catherine because every Instagram picture, she's got a glass of wine. She's socializing. <laughs> she doesn't have kids. She can just live it up right now. So I went with Catherine. Wow. Well, Catherine, let's see if we're going to end on a strong note. Uh, of the three of you. Who do you think's winning the drinking game? So I'm the, the worst. I'm going to ruin it <laughs> because I said Crystal, but there's a story behind oh. it that I told Phil I have to tell because uh -oh. it's part of our origin story. We keep talking about like our roots, oh, yes. you know, like yes. Maria and I sharing a, a double size, or no, it was more of like a twin size futon. <laughs> in, yeah, and in this futon right here, that's what they yeah. said. <laughs> Yeah. So, what, what happens in the futon stays in the futon. Oh, yeah. And that weekend, it was hot in San Diego, and there was no AC. I oh, mean, it was I have funny. AC now, by the way. <laughs> That's I, I had to get air conditioning. Next time, next time we come. But anyway, the first time I ever went, so this is like roots, roots. 
I traveled to San Diego to prove to Crystal how serious I was about joining her with this company. And we go out there and it's like the first day was all business. And we went to the meetings in Irvine and it was like, let's think of a website and let's look at this, that. And then the next day, Crystal was like, all right, we did all the business stuff. Let's blow off some steam and I'm going to show you San Diego. Like, let's go on a crawl. And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, I, I held my own. Wow. We you're a trooper. Great. It was a blast, but oh I was God. the one who had to get on the cross country flight the next morning, <laughs> <laughs> Not crystal, but it is such a great memory that whole day in San Diego. So that's the only reason why I chose you. Crystal. So I'll tell you what, you got it wrong, but it was worth, uh, worth yeah. a good story. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that was a uh, great job, ladies. Uh, you, you did awesome. I think you two, you're two for four, which, which is pretty good. So uh, did an excellent job. So I'm going to ask you this. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go to you, Crystal. What, what's the best way listeners can find Monarch Weather and follow you on social media? I would say we worked so hard on all these like social avenues. So we have our website, monarchweather.com. Is that right, girls? I'm checking. <laughs> <laughs> have another drink. Okay. Right. I'm only halfway through this beer. How come um, no one can find you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, we have our Twitter. It's also at Monarch Weather. Maria's um, rocking the Instagram at Monarch Weather. We're on LinkedIn. We just need a Facebook. My gosh, but we'll get there. <laughs> All right. And then how about, how about personally? Uh, how can uh, social media wise, how, how can they follow you, Crystal? I'm at crystal.egger. I, I think Twitter is probably the best, right? For this type of um, podcast and for the weather world. We're so uh, Twitter savvy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, crystal. Whatever works. Dot- Catherine, how, how can uh, listeners find you on social media? Uh, likewise, Twitter is the best. I'm also on Instagram. Both of them are super original with my handle, at Catherine Prosev. <laughs> and uh, I will say Twitter is huge. Our farmer client found us via Twitter. So nice. yeah. Yeah. Nice. And then I Maria? Just, I just followed you guys on Instagram. Yay. Oh yeah. Thanks, Tina. Yeah. Maria, um, how about you? I'm I'm like the annoying one. I on Twitter. <laughs> I'm at the Marie La Rosa. It's so I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Ohio State. Okay. And then um, Instagram, Maria underscore La Rosa underscore WX. Oh, geez. So, there's, wow. there's a lot of Maria La Rosas in the world, believe it or not. We'll, be, we'll, we'll put there's that. Uh, you, we will Aww. list that. We'll list that in our show notes. But uh, I'll say uh, definitely thank you for coming on tonight. And, and you guys really got a unique uh, consulting business with some outstanding people. So I know you're mm-hmm. going to be found. And I know you're going to be successful, but we're going to go ahead and take our final break with our tornado talk segment and the story of the 2004 Roanoke, Illinois F4 tornado. Uh, So we will be right back with Weather Fools. It was a significant tornado given a rating of F4 that rapidly developed in a highly unstable atmosphere and devastated everything along its 9.6 mile path through Woodford County, Illinois on July 13th, 2004. 
It began 1.7 miles north-northeast of Metamora and traveled generally in a southeasterly direction for about two and a half miles. It then jaunted off to the east between County Roads 1300E and 1400E. It then curved to the southeast once again. The tornado reached F4 intensity as it crossed Route 117 and demolished the Parsons Manufacturing Plant. There were 140 people in the plant at the time and all made it to storm shelters in time. Per the National Weather Service summary on this event, they arrived at three to five minutes before the tornado arrived. Quote, steel beams and metal siding from the plant were found approximately three quarters of a mile east in a farm field. A paper found in the Natural Hazards Center Library discusses the proactive safety plan that was in place at the Parsons plant and how the implementation of that plan saved lives. There were no fatalities with this event and only three injuries reported. Here are a few highlights from the severe weather safety plan at Parsons. First of all, the company had three reinforced concrete shelters. They established an emergency response team, ERT, in 2000. Two individuals in the accounting department monitored the NOAA weather radio. If a severe thunderstorm or tornado warning was issued for Woodford County, the ERT coordinator or plant safety manager was informed. Trained weather spotters were sent outside to assess the threat. If the threat seemed imminent, an announcement was made three times, production was halted, and all were to move to their designated shelter. After hitting the Parsons plant, the tornado continued its trek devastating farmsteads. Two farms near the plant had the two-story homes leveled with only debris remaining in the basements. The tornado approached Roanoke from the southwest. It tracked south of town, causing significant damage to a barn and another farmstead. The National Weather Service Central Illinois has a detailed paper about this event. It is entitled, quote, the July 13, 2004 tornado event, analysis of tornado genesis in a highly unstable environment. Their analysis showed a unique weather setup for the severe weather episode. A small shower developed into a supercell with an F4 tornado in less than 30 minutes. Quote, intersecting boundaries, the high levels of instability, and the environmental and storm-scale storm relative helicity were critical players in producing the resultant tornado. You can find more details on this event on our website at tornadotalk.com. We have radar imagery, damage photos, newspaper clips, and more, and find links to the documents mentioned in this story. Get hooked on more tornado history by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Jen Garfagno from the Weather Channel, and you are listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive. All right. Welcome back. Hey, it's time now for Weather Fools. Now, this is the time. I tell you, this is there's some good ones here tonight. I know this is where people will either do something really, really dumb or something kind of amusing which probably is really, really dumb in weather, just to let you know. <laughs> so to kick things off, let's have, Dina, you got, you got one, don't you? Let's yeah, see. I do. I'm going to share my screen because this is um, the epitome of weather fools. So there is a car and it's in floodwaters. And I mean, it's in floodwaters. You've got the water up to the driver's window. You can't even see the hood of the car. And then you've got this truck that comes in. And he's still in there too. Yeah. He's in there and he's, you know, it's like these trucks when they go through a storm and they think that they're impenetrable. <laughs> now the water is going above his hood and he thinks, I'm just going to pop going. through and laugh at you as I go by, you know, and oh, 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 oh his back end's floating. Denied. And then he starts floating. 
Oh my that, gosh. You are so it's right. Like, that is the epitome of that the is. turn around, don't drown. Yeah. He had no prayer. There was no, no, the, no yeah. and there's there's someone still in that car. Yeah. Because the brake lights are still by, on. Like, ha ha. Oh my yeah. god. Why? Why? And I mean, when the water's coming above oh your god. hood, yeah. turn around. It's because he's in a truck. That's why he's thinking. I'm in a truck. Right. My truck can make it. Yeah. My truck. It's like that guy driving by you speeding, right? And then they end up getting a ticket, you know, when they when they yeah. pass you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the truck with the scrotum hanging from the tailgate. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh my god. And okay. we're back. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Is that what that is? <laughs> is that what that is? All right, guys, I'm gonna screen share now. Okay. So this is uh, the flooding going on in New Orleans. And just it wasn't as bad as what Dina was showing. But this water is like up to the grill or getting up, starting to go above like the headlights are getting to that range. And so water is getting into all the engines of these cars, which will destroy it. And I can't tell you how many times, you know, it's, you know, being a on-camera meteorologist, we tell people don't drive through flooded roads because it's going to destroy your vehicle. It's you know, gonna... is it? Do you do you guys think it's because people don't realize if if the water gets to that, your car is going to stall? Do people not know that, and they just think they can plow through like a bulldozer? That deep, like they think I can make it. God, it's man. not going to be that yeah. deep. If I go yeah. really fast. Yeah. I don't think that guy used a blinker either when he turned. <laughs> no, like no. But people are impatient and they just want to get where they're going. And they just don't want to turn around and take another route. That's what I think it is. Very mm -hmm. cool. So I've got three. I've got three weather fools. I'm, com I'm coming on a regular basis now with multiple hashtag weather fools. And we have a theme going tonight because it seems to be the uh, turn around, don't drown theme. And so the, the one I've got to share with you guys first off, this comes from Twitter, and it's first for traffic. Um, and this is also from the Maryland uh, flooding that we've had uh, just this past week. And it, this is a traffic cam. And if you look at the traffic cam, you'll notice this the water is moving. I mean, this yeah. isn't stale standing water. Wow. This is moving water. And there are cars lined up back to back to back because this was like rush hour Monday morning, mm -hmm. right? And there are cars back to back just driving through this rushing water. There are strong currents like that's yeah. I mean, that's oh, yeah. not even moving a, like slowly. I mean, that's like they're going against it, too. Yeah. I, any any more. And, and they're definitely um, they're floating. They're going. Yeah. All right. Next one I've got is some tornado footage from China. Uh, and so this this one is I also saw on Twitter. And so this is someone taking video of a tornado out their window. They're probably in it looks like an apartment complex and out their window. There's a tornado and this tornado is coming. It's it's not like out in the distance. Wow. It's close and it's coming. And so this person and there's debris flying all Look over the place. That. Right. And they're standing right by their window taking this video and here it comes this sucker's here wow. they oh. finally if if you watch you notice they finally back away because some debris finally broke the window oh, and now God. there's debris flying into the apartment building and it gets so bad they finally get behind a little wall now i don't know how sturdy this chinese apartment building is but chances and I don't are know not how, i was thinking yeah. the same thing like <laughs> right. are they at a rickety balcony <laughs> you, you can see even in the darkness at the end you can see there's debris flying down their little hallway 
uh, as as they're taking video of this. But I so I don't know if it's this part of China just doesn't get many tornadoes, and the person didn't know what they were doing. But it was it was obviously worthy of the hashtag uh, weather fool. And the last one I've got is also from Twitter weather. Mateo oh World. Wow. And so in Guadalajara, Mexico, here in the Ugh. past uh, couple weeks, they had a big hailstorm. But what also came with that hailstorm was a ton of flooding. And so this is a video in Guadalajara, Mexico, of a big semi truck going down a city street. Holy crap. And it is flooded. It's up to the grill of the semi truck. You can't even see the wheels the of the semi truck. <laughs> and then on the top of the water, it's just a bunch of hail. It's a bunch of ice, and it looks yeah. like they're plowing through, like like an like ocean of truckers. So just, I mean, you know what? I don't know what he was thinking. Now, That's the benefit of a semi truck is I think their exhaust, uh, you know, their exhaust pipes oh. are pointed oh, up in the air, and yeah. so that's maybe one benefit. But God, <laughs> really? Oh, people don't get it though. I mean, oh. they don't. They don't want the inconvenience of weather. They just do what they want to do, and then they complain about the damage. Wait, yeah. I got one, and you're going to get angry. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Let's All right, here, here we go. Okay, that's Dina. Don't get angry at her. <laughs> this is the one in okay. Maryland. We've been waiting. This better be good, bus. baby. Oh. So, okay, all right. So when you check this out, this is a school bus. Now, there's flooding taking place, as you can see, and it is awful. And there's a school bus. And oh, everybody stopped on the other yeah. side. And on this side, everyone said, and the school bus decides, you know what? I'm just going to gun it and go for it. And with kids in the bus, mm -mm. drives the across the flooded roads. Now there's cars on the other side blocking both ways, and it's barreling towards both of them. So one of the cars has to back up, and it has to dodge and weave be uh, between the cars, and then just goes off in the distance like it was oh. nothing. Yeah, I saw I saw that. And yeah. the bus literally was like, all right, yeah. I'm just going to go. And they gun, I mean, they gun it across this river that's, yeah. again, it's flowing. It's flowing water across the bridge. It's not standing water. And they gun this kid's bus, and you can see kids in the back of the bus. Yeah, crazy. I, and you know what? That's yeah. what you <laughs> I wonder what happened to that bus driver. I wonder if that bus driver still has a job. Well, there's yeah. a lot. There's everybody was like, that person needs to be fired, and, and I'm not saying bad. they shouldn't. Um, but oh my gosh, how, with kids, it's it's totally different if it's just you and you want to take your life. Right. But with kids on there, I'm like, come on. That yeah. that made me angry. You know, it's I watched scary. it like five it times, like, we need to get them, you know, that type yeah. of thing. So, I always get crazy, too, when you see the ones and they have kids that are strapped into a seat because mm -hmm. they can't. If you hit your head or something, yeah. you your kids cannot get those straps undone. Good right. point. Good point. Yeah, all right. Scary. So you can check out all these video links on stormfrontfreaks.com or in your podcast app. Look for the show notes section. It's episode 83 phil that's right so if you actually want to watch mazes that would be the best <laughs> way to do it nobody knew so I, I uh i think that just about does it for this episode of stormfront freaks podcast thanks for listening or watching before i reveal our next guest if you enjoy our show do us a favor uh leave us a great review on your podcast app or or tag us on social uh, media on your account uh, because we'll go ahead and we'll share that on our next show. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. You just got to hit your podcast app subscribe button. You'll pretty much see it on any of those apps. It works just like a magazine or newspaper. It's free, and the minute we release a new one, uh, it'll 
download right to your phone so you got it the moment it gets released and you don't have to wait. So, or I, you, hey, you can also send an audio file with a group of people saying, we love the Star Fred Freaks. True, I will play that. Yeah, you can do that too. Yeah, do do a video or something crazy. We'll we'll, uh, shake her head like we're crazy. (laughs) I do want to say say special thanks to our guest tonight from Monarch Weather Consulting, Crystal Egger, Catherine Prosiv, and Maria LaRosa. That was a lot of fun. And our next episode in two weeks, we're going to be recording on July 25th with a former guest. From Fox and Friends, Janice Dean is going to be back yes. with us to talk about her wow. new book. If Perfect. you'd like to watch the recording live, uh, it'll be at a special time. It's 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. Check out our YouTube channel by searching Stormfront Freaks. So from Maz and Dina, Jen, and Kim, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we will catch you all next time. Bye, Bye everybody. Good night, everybody. Bye. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Watch our shows on YouTube and Oklahoma Weather Tracker TV. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out our live interactive Storm Chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search for Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.